You're listening to the Ultimate Road Trip Podcast, sponsored by the Classic Motor Hub. Hi everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the Ultimate Road Trip Podcast. This week it's more about boats than cars. Well, when I say boats, I mean super yachts. Like many people, they've held a certain fascination for me ever since I first went to the south of France. Who can resist a surreptitious gawp into the rare air of a gin palace when going for a mooch around a port in Cannes or Saint-Tropez? Now, when American TV producer Rebecca Henning was thinking of the next reality TV pitch, she drew on her previous experience of working on a yacht and came up with Below Deck, the show which follows a superyacht crew and their guests in far-flung locations from the Caribbean to Croatia. At the time, Downton Abbey was one of the most popular shows on TV, so an upstairs-downstairs-on-the-water reality show was seen as a possible success, and the first series aired in 2013. Nine series later, along with three spin-off series, Below Deck Mediterranean, Below Deck Sailing Yacht and Below Deck Down Under, it has a big fan base worldwide, including in the UK after it debuted on E4 and then started streaming on Netflix during the first lockdown. The crew are international too, with one of the most popular being Chef Ben Robinson, who was born in the UK but now lives in Florida, and he joins me for this week's Ultimate Road Trip podcast. Ben's parents moved to the US when he was small, but he went to boarding school in Britain, travelling back to the States at holiday time. And his culinary journey, as you'll hear, started with him helping his mum at home. After stints in Michelin-starred kitchens in the UK and Europe, he found himself cooking on a private yacht in America and then auditioned for Below Deck, appearing in the first series, quickly gaining a big following. After seven series on the show, he's now mainly land-based, specialising private catering, travelling worldwide, and he's a certified health coach too, covering weight loss, addiction and cancer. I had a great chat with Ben earlier this year from his apartment in Fort Lauderdale. We covered how he coped with lockdown, as well as his future plans, along with, of course, his experience in front of the camera for Below Deck. And what about the road trip? Well, to paraphrase the opening lyrics of a track from the classic album he's chosen for the tune, it's not a pickup he's buying to drive to LA, but it's pretty close. Hi all. As you've just been hearing this week on the podcast, it's great that I'm joined by Chef Ben Robinson. He joins me from his home in Fort Lauderdale. Ben, I think that's where you are. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe we're not as metropolitan as we think over here. <laughs> Thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I mean, we're going to talk about road trips. We're going to talk about yachts. We're going to talk about chefing. Uh, but before we get on to the road trip and before we talk a bit, a little bit about you, um, can I ask how things have been for you over the past few months, the past couple of years? Because lockdown, of course, hit the catering industry hard. I've had a couple of top UK chefs, James Martin and Tom Kerridge on the podcast, and they really had to diversify what they were doing. And of course, yes. for you, it's catering and travel. You go to all corners of the world. Of course, we've seen you in Below Deck and Below Deck Med, which of course will come back to you. But uh, with your business, your catering business and your travel side of the business, it must have been especially challenging. And, and it was. Um, it was it was very challenging. But, you know, um, we, we were lucky to have a platform and we actually, we kind of, we were uh, approached by a Scoffier school, which has a, a big online presence. And they know that I love making pizza. So I actually did 
um, a tutorial start to finish on how to make a pizza. Mm. And, and people and the school really loved it, but I kept the licensing deal. So I started actually selling um, the tutorials online and, and organically, we wanted to just keep our fans happy. And we just felt like, you know, it's, it's a big part of having a platform. You use it, particularly when everyone's just staring at their computer screen and they're locked down. So yeah. we, uh, we started doing a lot of Instagram lives and uh, we were doing pizza. And then we kind of had this novel idea to actually start selling the pizza kits. So we actually uh, boxed up um, the, the paddle, the ladle, the peel, the stone, the flour, the yeast, and the tomatoes and, um, and started selling them. And, uh, and then actually we were approached by Fortune 500 companies like ne Lexus, Nexus, Comcast. And we did lots of these. We, we sold all these pizza boxes to this, these, these companies and followed them with Zooms. Um, so... It was really nice because, you know, if whether you be a family member and you're kind of trapped with your family or you're in isolation and you're single, it, it brought a lot of these members of the company together, you know, and a lot of them are all over the world, you know, working remotely and all that. So it was just a really great project for us. And we, we really span it around. And I, we don't we try not to celebrate, you know, that we did better in COVID or we did very well in COVID because obviously a lot of people died and a lot of people went out of business, but so it's kind of a touchy subject, but um, I guess we, we actually did really well. And it was, it was uh, the pizza really saved us to be honest. Along with, and you had a great name as well, Scoffier uh, in the, in the, in the cage right. world. Behind exactly. Well. And I'm actually, I'm friends with the owner, um, Jeff Larson, and uh, we've become really good friends and we'll probably continue to do projects together. But the stars just aligned and we just went for it. You've got to read the signs, you know. Yeah, absolutely. But talking about lockdown and over here in the UK, just talking, going on a little bit uh, about Below Deck, which, of course, is what kind of got your name out there. Below Deck and Below Deck Med. It only started to air in the UK on E4, Below Deck Med, that was, at the big, well, halfway through lockdown. It was 2021, wasn't it, when UK viewers became aware of the show and everybody mm -hmm. was everybody's at home, as you say, looking at their computer screens or your TV screens. And I don't know, like a lot of people, like myself and my wife, we thought we want to travel vicariously around the world. And Below Deck Med kind of yeah. helps us do that because what you want to see you want to see sun you want to see sea and yachts and and all these incredible people from all corners of the globe working together years <laughs> crew and all these incredible kind of eclectic clients and, uh, and 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 guests so again that was stars aligned in terms of uk uh viewers of course you've been on what bravo tv since 2013 you were in the first ever below deck series and and so i suppose yeah. that's been great as well for the show for the show well, yes, and I think I think the stars did align. It also it actually um, it started uh, airing on Netflix as well yeah. globally, and um, and it was a real boost for the show and uh, obviously for the cast members. So again, uh, it, we got really lucky with that, and I, I picked up a, a lot of English uh, followers, and the English have actually taken to me. <laughs> Um, I never knew how that was going to work, work out, but I thought eventually 
the Brits would see me on that show and uh well, it's, and thank God they like me because I was well, I was a little you're, apprehensive. <laughs> you had a really British way, even though you've lived in America a long time. Your you know your humour is very British, and the, your your kind of you know your sarcasm, just a way of dealing with people in a in a very nice way. Am I sad? Kind of obviously drew yeah. people to you, and and uh, and and that made for a really good show. Because I'm not one for 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 reality TV, but it really was a great show to. Uh, to kind of, as I say, vicariously travel. And uh, I know you're not involved with it anymore. You do your little shows on, on Instagram. I've seen them uh, with catching up with the get uh, the your old crewmates. So that must be fun, That's keeping right. in contact with everybody. Yeah, that, that was good. Um, I, I did it with Kate, my friend Kate. She's good. She actually lives in my building. So that was really handy. But I actually, um, <laughs> I was under construction all of last year so it was a real pain in the ass i had to like move concrete bags and black out my windows with garbage bags and set up and all of the rest of it while we were staying at an airbnb down the oh, road right. I mean, it was, it, honestly it was absolute mayhem last year and uh and but we, we because we really we decided to throw the book at my apartment and uh, because you know we we started we were on the fence should we sell it or should we make it better and uh and we chose a, a pretty we chose a good year to do it but yeah. unfortunately we didn't have as much travel going on so we couldn't really piggyback off that but right. uh but uh we did do galley talk and, and that was a real blessing it was uh you know i mean you, who who can complain we're getting paid to literally sit down get pissed uh, at 11 in the morning drinking champagne <laughs> nice so, job mean, if you can we, get we're it we're like we were like half in the bag by 4 p.m you know <laughs> uh, and then we traditionally would take my little boat out and go for a cruise kate and i so it brought us together and uh, it, it was a really great project so a lot of good things came out of covid and again, I, 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 you know, I, I don't celebrate that. I generally don't. I don't brag about that because a lot of people really did suffer. Yeah. But it did play such interesting roles in markets. Um, I mean, who knew, you know, we wouldn't get. I mean, I have broker friends who sell boats and they got no inventory. You know, the property in South Florida has just gone ridiculous over here and yeah it's 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 amazing what a pandemic can see and I, i'm actually interested in markets and you know stocks and stuff and you know i i, I was i thought i mean i i i thought I'm, i actually made a big mistake i made some good moves <laughs> but i've actually shorted uh starbucks and lululemon and oh, really? lululemon was uh, i just thought well no one's gonna go to the gym but um but I was, I, I got it all wrong. Everyone okay. started buying Lulu. Yeah, yeah. The stock doubled because everyone was working out from home and they wanted to look sexy and they were doing their little Instagram stuff. I didn't see that. So, I mean, reading the market's really tough. <laughs> what I'm learning to do now is I, I, I go, well, what's, what, do the opposite and then try and understand why the opposite is the right move. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> You've got to roll with the punches, I think, is the phrase. Yeah, yeah you do. Uh, we did some local events. Um, we did fly out a little bit here and there, you know, did some house parties. Traveling still a nightmare. It's all mask mandated and that. But, you know, we, 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 we're, we're, we're always hungry and we always 
we never turn down work if, if the deal is okay. Yeah. So we're, we're good and, and things are picking up now. We've got really exciting projects now. So, I mean, I, I do think that COVID or Omicron or whatever the hell you want to call it now is, uh, is, is you know, it's passing by now, yeah. I feel like. We'll, we'll chat a little bit about your projects towards the end, but let's get on to the road trip. Um, yeah, man. You know, it's we know you for boats, but we're talking about cars. Question one, I ask everybody the five questions. The first question is, what is the car for your ultimate road trip? The make, the model, and the colour. Okay, well, that's a good question. Okay, so I, I do like my, my car. Um, okay. I have the new Land Rover Discovery H, H, um, S, HSI 6 or whatever it is. Uh, it's fully loaded. It's an absolute beast. It's Portofino blue, white interior leather. It's so comfy. Um, and and be, being a Brit, I just, you I didn't want to get a Chevy or anything yeah. like that. But I, I, I love my car. Um, I think a close second. I do, I do love the G-Wagon as well. Uh, the I AMG, like that military the, sort of look. The G65 you know? or the G55. Oh, yeah, yeah. They rip, man. I, it's like you've got, oh, yeah. It's like having a jet engines on the back of it. It's pretty they're crazy. They're everywhere enough, now, aren't yeah. they? They're just. Yeah, they're, they're, they're stupidly expensive, but I, I'm really happy with my Land Rover Discovery. I really love it. So that is. And it hasn't broken down on me yet. So we're winning. That's good comparing to some of their product. Exactly. Land Rover <laughs> products of the past. Some of, you know, Range Rovers circa 92 weren't that great, but. Uh, I had a, I had one of them and it drove me nuts, but, um, but yeah, I, uh, vanity is a cruel mistress. Well, when it comes to cars, when it comes to cars, you need a bit of that. Land Rover particularly, have you always been a, a Land Rover fan? I mean, why the question too is why the discovery? I mean, obviously the, the Defender, the new Defender, which I've driven, is fabulous. I haven't driven the new Range Rover, but the, you know, the Discovery, why that car and uh, why British? Do you just want to keep hold of your British roots? I do. I also really like the way they look. I went, I actually went planning on getting a Range Rover and uh, it just caught my eye. And I was like, what's going on with that? The Range Rover is actually is not as big as my, my Discovery. And we haul a lot of stuff because we have a catering company, but... Uh, so that's handy, but uh, I, it caught my eye, and he said, "Yeah, a customer uh, kind of that was his uh, his wish car and all the rest of it." But he backed out of the deal, and uh, and it was just gorgeous. And I was like, "But I don't like being, you know, forced into decisions." So I was kind of apprehensive, like, "Could yeah. is it? It's too good to be true." But I I went with it, and I was like, "Yeah, this is this is my car, and uh, I, I love it." Well, when it comes to cars, people stick with their favorite brands. I mean, Land Rover is an iconic brand, obviously, and doing great guns across the world. They always have done. The destination, question three. You've traveled since you were small. I mean, just reading your bio, you born in Oxford. Your parents moved to, uh, to Fort Lauderdale, but you'd already been training as a chef. You were in Italy then you came back and worked for Mr. Blumenthal at the Fat Duck and and then you yeah. went out to uh, you you went out to the states for holidays is that right because your parents had moved out and you were still at school in the UK it's a little awkward online um but okay so I actually was born in Oxford then I moved to Cape Cod for about four or five years then my parents took all the kids there's now four of us right. took us to England put us through 
boarding school, which, by the way, is not as privileged as people think. It's like basically going to jail at the age of seven. And, uh, and, then, <laughs> and then we actually continued to summer in, uh, in Cape Cod. So I, I, I was really blessed. And if you think rural countryside yeah. and Cape Cod shorelines, I mean, Nothing better, from a I culinary imagine. standpoint, I mean, it, you're, you're winning. You, you've got the, the game and the, and the, the river fish, and then you, you're picking clams on the beach and yeah. catching fluke off the dock and all the rest, the rest of it. So, I mean, really, really lovely. And, uh, and I definitely attribute some of that to my culinary background. And then you've traveled across the world with your culinary endeavors and you were on yachts well before Below Deck. So to try and pick a destination for a, a trip in a car isn't easy, but um, where would you pick? Where's the destination? It could be a hotel or a restaurant. The Fat right. Duck actually well, was chosen by a couple of my guests, including uh, uh, Nick Mason from Pink Floyd. He wants to end up at the Fat Duck. Um, okay. So yeah, wherever you want to go, hotel, bar, restaurant, club. All right. Season. Well, okay. So, I do have this catering company and it has taken me through America. We've gone to places I would never ordinarily go, um, but there is a, a missing link. And I believe I've, I've done some of the West Coast. I've obviously, I've, I've been to, you know, um, Mexico, Cabo, Central America. I've been to LA, San Diego, San Francisco. Yeah. But there's a chunk from San Fran to, um, to, uh, uh, Seattle. Seattle. I've been to yeah. Seattle, but there's a chunk in that shoreline that I have not ventured, and I would really love it. And the landscape is incredible. Obviously, the desert, the mountains, the shoreline. Yeah, and uh, and wine country as I'm well. I was say Napa Valley, just up yeah. There. So that's definitely something and feasible. You know, I didn't want to get ridiculous. Um, also, it is a Land Rover, so. You know, <laughs> you don't want to be going through the Sahara or anything. No, not really. What's that? About three days, four days to drive. You ever have you driven across the states? I drive. I drive up to Cape Cod, and I've done it in one fail swoop. It takes like twenty three hours straight. Right. And uh, I've done that, but I've never actually crossed America the other side. And I, I think that's quite a big journey. It's considerably longer. Yeah. Um. Don't quote me, but I I think it's. Well, I don't know. It's probably at least three thousand miles, isn't it? You know, yeah, probably. probably maybe even more. So that's yeah, it's a that's a good that's a good stint. But yeah, that that that's where I'd like to go. Brilliant. Who are you taking? Who's a passenger? Alive or dead? There could be a culinary master from the past. Could be one of your ex captains, Captain Lee or Captain Sandy. If you had to choose, now I'm not going to let you. Choose. I'm not going to ask you to choose. I, you know what? I does it have to be a human? Uh, no, no, I, I would no, love no, 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 no. <laughs> especially if you like your own company that's you know i think i i think i'd take my dog to be honest <laughs> your dog who's had some instagram moments yeah <laughs> yeah brilliant yeah she has her own page and everything she's killing it what's her name, what's her name again movie she's Mufi. actually at the groomer I, I was hoping to have her on the show with me but she's gotta so she, do the you know do the dog thing well of course uh, keep her looking good. So it's so she's in the passenger seat. I like that. And you know, Land Rovers and dogs go together, whether they're wet Labradors yeah. in the UK or your little Mufi and. Right. And the great thing about a dog is that they don't speak, so I can I could cause as much mischief as possible and 
no one would ever find out. So play I your, think that, that would definitely be on my side. Play your tunes as opposed to your... Uh, <laughs> exactly. Which takes us on to the tune. I mean, we've come there pretty quickly. And again, I don't have any preconceived ideas about your your musical... Uh, taste i was thinking as you're from oxford would it be maybe radiohead or foals or ride if you're thinking of british bands i mean do you are you still into do you keep in contact with what's going on on the music scene uh, over here uh loosely um uh, my girlfriend is she, she she's into that more modern culture i from england i, I actually really like uh, 1975 i think they yeah yeah I, I, yeah i think they're wicked obviously i you know, grew up listening to Oasis and Radiohead, you mentioned, obviously, they're, they're cool. I, I think the Brits do it really well. Um, they just got, got a good sense of uh, music. Uh, they, they like to sing about nothing, whereas <laughs> the, uh, the Americans love to sing about, like, every day, like, I'm on a train or I'm in a car, you know, yeah. whereas English, like, they, they'll talk about an octopus's garden or a yellow submarine or something. Very you true. Know? So yeah, it's kind of more abstract and I really like that. But I've always been a real Neil Young fan. Like ever since I was a kid, I knew every word to Harvest. Um, and Celebrated I, I probably... his 50th year, I think, this year. Yeah, Harvest yeah he's, he, I really love him. I, I think he, he's got a really interesting story. I think he has a very, very, well, he has a unique voice and uh, it, I, I love him. He's cool. So I, I definitely jamming out to some Neil Young. So it'll be Harvest. I mean, MTV Unplugged, yeah. I think, is one of my favourite of the MTV yeah. Unplugged series. of. Uh, of Neil yeah, Young. yeah, that's the one. Um, that is the one. Well, fabulous road trip. Neil Young, to see you across to uh, Napa wine region and north of San Francisco. Um, so it's exactly. a Land Rover with Mufi. Um, I've, I was thinking, I've, I'll have to, uh, thinking about your involvement with boats, I'll have to start an ultimate boat trip uh, show <laughs> and see where people are going to go. Yeah. We're just talking about idea before going on, just talking about what you're up to now. So you've been involved in super yachts for uh, many years and it's, isn't it incredible how the super yacht industry has gone in rude health. They've apparently they've doubled the super yacht fleet in the past 20 years. You know, there's seemingly so oh, much money out yeah. there to, to, to create and to, to, uh, you know, to keep these incredible machines going. Uh, so, was that a conscious decision to get before Below Deck into the super industry after being at the Fat Duck? Well, I actually, I joined the Fat Duck um, as an, a, like an, a, in a, in an apprenticeship program a bit later on in my career. Um, I actually started cooking in Babendum when I was 18 in London, Michelin Star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the Michelin building. That's it, yeah. And, no, no. Um, and so I started there and then uh, I did it. I, I actually worked at the collection as well, just across the street. Yeah. Kept it local. And then, um, and then I went to work at a really good pub, three rosette called the Royal Oak near my place in England, right. um, in Berkshire. And then I, then, then I t went to Boston, worked in restaurants there, then New York city. And you know what? I just got the hell beaten, beaten out of me. I, I wasn't making any money. I mean, like I think I made like when I was working at Babendum or collection, I literally think I made 12,000 pounds 
really? in, in a year. <laughs> Which is, and hard work tough, as well. <laughs> Being a chef, I was a waiter years ago, and I saw the, yeah. and that was a wonder star just for a few weeks. And it's a difficult right. environment. And how do you do that in those galleys on those yachts? They're tiny, and the heat, they are. Sure the air conditioning yeah, must be working overtime to keep you cool they're very small but i got into it my brother actually my older brother i actually always attribute it to him he i was miserable in these cities i was obviously getting the hell beaten out of me working 80 hours a week whatever yeah, yeah, for, yeah. for nothing like one pound an hour or something and uh so uh, he said and we kind of grew up on the shorelines in cape cod obviously so we we went to Nantucket and we saw the boats there. We went to Newport, Rhode Island. We saw the boats there. He said, Ben, why don't you just take a chill and get on one of those boats as a decky, right? I didn't know that was a chef position. And I, I, I didn't, I didn't really think of it, you know? So I actually started off as a deckhand on boats. Really? Okay. Yeah. And I, I wasn't very good at it. You know, I, I, I just, you know, I can only clean something so many times before <laughs> I get bored. Right. <laughs> and uh, so, but, but we didn't have a chef on the boat. And uh, I, so I started cooking for the crew and I was pulling out all this stuff out of the freezer and, you know, like venison chops and doing like a mocha red wine reduction with cauliflower puree. And the captain's just like, what the hell's going on with this guy, right? So finally we had a chat <laughs> and uh, he basically dragged me by the ear to the galley and he said, listen, um, what do you want to do on this boat? And oh. I was like, I want to, I want to be the deckhand. I, I think that's a, that's an easy job. That's a good one. And you get to drink at 5 PM and you know, it's all yeah. great yeah, yeah. in the sunshine and that. And he's like, not having it. And he's like, look, mate, that is your new office. You're really good at cooking. You can't work. You can't wash a boat to save your bloody life. If you don't like it, you can pack your bag to get off the boat. Right. So, <laughs> I was like, sod it, all right, I'll do it. And uh, and then I kind of started walking the docks and I learned that it's actually a, a, a great position, like way better than being a decky. Yeah. Like they get paid a lot of money and you know, it's a, it's, you're a senior officer and respected and all the rest of it. So I thought, sod it, I'll, I'll do this. And you know, so I, I think I was born to cook and, and, uh, I, I really was, and and I, I don't think you can you can fight it. I think if you're really born to do something, it's gonna land on your lap, and you should probably you know. But you started when you were five. You know, your mum really got you into the cooking side of things. Yes. And then... Now, it, my mum did. Like I knew my mother's sources. Li literally, my mother's sources when I was like six or seven years old. I thought they were called your mother sources because your mum taught you, right? <laughs> but um, it's, it's because it's the family tree of sources, right? right. So I actually yeah. learned that way later on, right, right, right. what they are, <laughs> why it was called the mother sources, but who cares why? Uh, but, um, you could do it. You could do it. Right, exactly. And, uh, but, but, you know, we pro my dad, um, we're not like seriously Catholic. In fact, my dad's not Catholic, but my mum is. But we, we, we had Friday fish, right? Yeah. My dad made fish and chips every Friday at home. And uh, and he used to pride himself on these stories. He's a writer. So all these stories of this, this fish swimming in, you know, off this rock shear in the North Atlantic and the fishermen catching it and taking it to the truck. And literally it was swimming 12 hours ago, you know, <laughs> like, okay, all right, dad. 
But one time we had too much fish and dad put it in the freezer. Right. And uh, being a, a novelist, he, uh, he carried on with the same spiel. And I was like, I wasn't buying it. I was like, dad, are you sure this fish has not been frozen? And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, I can taste, the, I can taste that freezer. I can taste literally that yeah. freezer in yeah. this fish, the smell of that freezer. Yeah. And he's just like, what the hell is going on around here? So uh, I, I obviously had a really acute palate. I could tell my mom, my mom would pick me up from school and I could tell her what we were having for dinner just by the smell of her, you know? Wow. Like it was kind of freaky. Yeah. Uh, so I was lucky to, I, and I think that's very important as well. I mean, to have a palate as a chef, you know, it, obviously it's important, but not all of them have it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that separates the, the best from the, the normal type of chefs. Also, your new venture, um, if we could just talk about that briefly. Integrated nutrition, is that right? That's the kind of thing uh -huh. you're getting involved with. So I'm a holistic nutritionist, um, and I graduated for the, from the Institute of Integral Nutrition um, actually quite a long time ago now. But what happened was, I think on Below Deck, we were getting a lot of these Californian clients, and... Um, and they seemed to know a lot about nutrition. It was, it was quite scary, actually. Like they knew all about alkalizing, gluten and lactose and all this stuff. And I just thought, how come I'm being lectured by these guys? And, you know, I should know this stuff, you know, like I, you know, as a personal chef or as a chef, I should be, I should be in the know when it comes to nutrition and what this food is doing to people's bodies. So I thought, let's just get qualified. And so I took a year course in it and um, there was an online course, which was great. And uh, I actually got a scholarship. I, I wrote a, I wrote them a proposal. Right. I gave them an offer they couldn't refuse. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, but I was on below deck and, I, and I, I was in a privileged position to be able to, you know, boost the school or whatever. So yeah, they were yeah. happy, you know, give me a yeah. scholarship. So... Uh, the uh, so I, I I just kind of embraced it, and I think it's really important. I I see it as the future. I don't think people are, in five years are going to say I'm fed up with being healthy. Let's go back to our old ways. No. I think, and also with the internet, uh, you know, big pharma, uh, you know, all of these commercial food companies, you know, there's been an, an unveiling, um, and people are actually looking now, and uh, and 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 and. They know more than ever. And so I just, I embraced it. And, and I think, and I don't think it should affect flavor. I think if you're a clever chef, you, you can make healthy food and you can make it taste good. And yeah. I, I think it's important. It's sustainable. Yeah. And, and lockdown has made so many more people get into the, uh, getting rid of all the crap and making mm -hmm. sure it's, as you say, the nutrition's there and the health aspect is important as we've been in it, our houses and flats cooking for ourselves far more than we would have been. You know, we'd have been out a lot more in the past two years, wouldn't we, if we hadn't had lockdown? Yeah, and I think it was a, it was a healthy reset. Um, and I, I noticed that I, I do better when I eat at home. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, you, you know your tum if you go out to dinner every, every day or every lunch, every dinner, whatever, you know, you just don't feel as good. Your tummy's not right. Your gut's not right. You know, you just don't know what the hell they're putting in it. You don't know how old the food is. Eating at home is, is, is wonderful. Yeah. Obviously not taking away from 
you know, the great chefs that are out there and doing some amazing stuff. But uh, yeah, it's it's a really interesting uh, concept and it's a very interesting to hear you, you're doing that. But let's also talk about what you're doing now. I mean, you're not, you've said you won't go back to Below Deck. You must feel that was a great part of your career, getting that, the recognition for what you do from that oh, show. Yeah, it's of course. Huge of in the course. States, isn't it? And it's getting big over here now. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, it's it's big and and um, I yes, I mean I I know it's it's so it's stra- it's strange to to wrap your head around it because I was actually done with yachting at, at like the age of thirty. I was head chef on the biggest yacht in the world when I was twenty eight. I right. did it. I I killed it, and it was just like it just beat the crap out of me. And it was you know I was working twenty hours a day for four months straight without a day off. Twenty eight crew I was feeding four wow. times a day with guests. I mean, it was just, I just got slammed, but I wanted it. I wanted it on my resume. I wanted to finish big. And then I actually reverted back. I, things weren't doing very well. It was 2009, 10, really yeah. bad climate. So I thought, you know what, screw it. Get back on a yacht, we'll just freelance. But you know, I won't hemorrhage my money and all the rest of it. And that's when I found Below Deck. So I don't know where I would be that was 10 years ago you know so I thought TV was good for me I I was I thought you know actually I had an opportunity in England um, but I I continued to live in the States and I thought I would probably try and get on TV I knew I was a well-oiled machine at that point you know and when I saw Below Deck uh, I thought you know what let's go let's really go out with a bang you know I didn't know it would with a camera with a camera in your face i mean that yeah i didn't know it'd be a 10-year process um i i thought the show was great but you know you're in the hands of production you never know what they're going to make of it personally there are times where i think i wish it was a little more operational but drama sells you know and they've killed it so you can't i can't tell them you know you, you didn't do a good job of the show you know Obviously, we all have bad moments. We wish they weren't in there, but that's hey, nice. if, it's, yeah. if it's good for ratings, that's part of it. It's it, it, you know, it's actually pretty healthy to be in the hands of production, and uh, and and uh, and it's very humiliating, you know, and uh, and and it, and it and it turns you into a stronger person. I mean, especially when you're being scrutinized by lots of people online for something potentially you didn't even do <laughs> so, um, yeah i mean it makes a man out of you <laughs> but to be in that before we just before we finish with your what you're doing now and what you're going to be doing through the year to be in that kind of bubble with all these cameras on you you know it's stressful enough being a chef i can imagine yeah. but then having these cameras and then all these people and then thinking about how it's going to look you you came through i think we'll all agree with flying colors and you're smiling well, and it's, i appreciate that you know i'll i'll tell you something i, I and i and I, I think that i was lucky in the sense that i did have a very big job you know and i obviously take it seriously so i think that was a really good distraction yeah, yeah. from the camera so if, if you're really busy and, uh, you know... You, you just had to get on with stuff, yeah. Get off, yeah. you know. Uh, although, apparently, I didn't actually talk for the first two weeks. Really? <laughs> I, I was very I was nervous. stunned. 
I didn't, I'd never watched reality TV, so I didn't really know, I didn't know why there were five cameras all around. I was just like, how long is this show gonna be? You know? <laughs> they got like a hundred thousand hours of content. I'm like, bloody That's hell. Crazy. So my grandchildren will be watching this. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's there for eternity. Exactly. <laughs> I wanna know what they do with all that content. I hope they blow it up. <laughs> well, or just have an outtake show. That's what Please no. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ben, look. Let's talk about this year. We're now, obviously, there are things going on in other parts of the world which are very worrying at the moment, as we know, in Ukraine. But let's talk about positive things for this year for you. You're doing some projects with Virgin Cruises. You're off to South Africa, I'm hearing. Is there a restaurant going to be opened as well, maybe? I hear Captain Sandy, she's opening a restaurant. Are you going to do the same? I mean, Bobby's got two restaurants. I'm like... I feel like a bit of a loser over here, to be honest. But but your Virgin Cruises, that sounds great. That's in a what, in a couple of weeks or so? Yes, uh, it is. And so, yes, I have a group on Virgin Voyages. Um, It's a a new cruise line. I think this ship has only sailed twice or something, so it's brand new. And, uh, yeah, so we do a Chef Ben group, um, and it comes with a little premium um, and... I do demos. I'm going to do a demo and a four course lunch. And I'm just kind of going to be around for them and kind of host it and just yeah. have fun with them and try and build a brand with, with Virgin. That'd be great. Obviously it's a big corporation. So, you know, baby steps, but hopefully we could do something. Maybe I would have a restaurant on board or something. I've always been scared of having a restaurant like per se a restaurant you know yeah. i would be more into a concept or a franchise or a sandwich shop or a ceviche bar like something really simple you know like yeah. i just know how complicated restaurants are and you know the staff and the margins and you kind of always have to be there and i and i do well with my travel so i don't really want to be locked down and yeah. and i don't want to disappoint my my clients by you know having you know if i turn my back you know who knows what's going to happen to my restaurant so it's it's a tricky one but yes it will be there and it will happen it's just about timing and the right concept and then south africa sounds fabulous right so we um i was approached by uh, a, a, a travel a travel agent that wants to do something this wonderful experience at lion sands resorts out in south africa it's an old hunting lodge but now obviously it's a safari lodge so i'm gonna be uh i'm gonna be uh hosting that i'll be doing the cooking and, and again i'll be hosting it so it's really fun i've never actually been out there so and i've obviously heard wonderful things from anyone I've ever spoke to about yeah. their safari experience. You know, it's just a, a bucket list thing. A bucket yeah. item. So, <laughs> but what about UK? Any UK travels? Mate, you- I would love to go to the UK. I had some things. COVID screwed it up. I sure. had things. I wanted to go to Sunseeker Yachts. We were going to do an amazing uh, three day sort of festival over there. Oh, I was going to be doing yeah. demos, but it fell through. Bloody COVID. Yeah. Uh, um, and then I've, I've had other opportunities. It's it just not the right climate. But yes, I'm definitely open to England. I would love to do something there for sure. Oh, fabulous. Be great to, uh, to see you over here. Well, look, 
Chef Ben Robinson, let's just go through the road trip again, which is sounds fabulous. Your Land Rover, your Land Rover discovery with your dog, Mufi, to wine country north of San Francisco. So north of Big Sur. I know Big Sur. I love that. Yeah. North of there um, to Neil Young's Harvest, celebrating 50 years. So very apt, 50 years since it was released. I'm sure that's the case. I'll better check my check my. Uh, it sounds right. I think I heard that. I think, I think you're good, man. I think I'm okay on that. And it was great to hear about, you know, Below Deck and your kind of formative years and your ventures this year. Best of success with everything you're going to be doing oh. this year. Thanks again for your time, Ben. And really looking forward to seeing you at some point over in the UK. Maybe Sunseeker invite you back. Sunseeker of Paul. I know them. I know the company quite well. I've been right. down to Paul. That's so, right. Ben, thanks so much for being on the Ultimate Road Trip podcast this afternoon. We'll, we'll see you soon. I had a lot of fun. Thank you very much, James. Cheers. Take care. I've been to Hollywood. I've been to Redwood. I crossed the ocean for a heart of gold. Searching for a heart of gold And I'm getting old Keeps me searching for